Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. Here with me today, I have two guests, and they are two rockers in two bands together. Wow. Okay. Episode of twos. <laughs> um, <laughs> these boys are in Jacob Horn Trio. They're in the band Devin K and the Solutions. And that will be uh, return guest Jake Babe and new guest Jake Horn. Hello. Hello. Do we need to discern who's who? I'll be, uh, I'll be up here. I'll be down here. <laughs> <laughs> and the the normals will have to figure out who is I in each of those scenarios. <laughs> I'm the real Jake. It's, let's keep a little mystery about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not only do we have two rockers and two bands, two guests, but they are also two Jakes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Two Jakes, apparently the name of a movie? Somebody oh. just told me this. I haven't confirmed. We have to watch it together. I like to imagine it's that someone... It's the sequel um, to Chinatown or something? Oh, what? what? <laughs> I don't know. This is just what I've heard. <laughs> Forget that's it. That's mind. two Jakes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so writing the script. <laughs> two screenwriters now? <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, welcome to the show, guys. If I can call you guys. Of course. <laughs> you can, that's you fine. Can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Warren, I don't know anything about your movie viewing uh, habits. Do you watch a lot of movies or what's your deal there? In my mind, I thought that I did, but then I'm friends with people who. <laughs> well, not because, like, I would see. Like, yeah, I'll gonna see, say, like... in my mind, I watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. two Jakes. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> They're uh, called yeah. dreams. Ever heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was like I feel like the the turning point for me is realizing like when my friends were got movie pass and I was like that's not a cost efficient thing and they were just like yeah I watch three movies a week and I was like no that's yeah. too much for me <laughs> for me it's yeah. like two maybe three movies a month I'm much I'm, a, I'm heavier on the TV watching side oh yeah if we're talking okay. watching and not book reading oh okay we got a smart guy over yes! here <laughs> i'm a jake jakes are smart guys um, okay brag <laughs> uh but no like i i feel in i used to think that i was an avid movie watcher but it, mm-hmm. slowly i feel like once i went to chicago it, i just realized be like oh no Oh no! Uh, I am like I'm a plebeian movie <laughs> and, chump. Yeah, a movie chump. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> so yeah, that is how I would describe uh, my movie viewing experience is as one like a chump. Perfect guest for a movie review podcast. Yeah, someone yeah. who only watches nearly fifty movies a year. You know. <laughs> Hey, I'm no gatekeeper on this show. No. So Thank you. <laughs> I think movie watchers of all types are interesting. And no matter how you enjoy movies, that's the right way to enjoy movies. Right? Here we go. Great. Thank and that's you. what I think. I mean, I've full on gone off the deep end. I mean, I can barely, I've gone so far <laughs> deep, I can barely even hold a conversation with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my conversations are like, oh, I'm so excited about. Mm, this movie you haven't heard of it's directed by someone i love but you've never heard of any other stuff but and it's got these people in it that i've seen 
15 shorts they made in 2013 that nobody else has ever watched. Like, <laughs> I mean, you describing that is how I consumed bands yeah. 10 years ago. Except yeah, probably it was same. 10 years ago, so I'm sure your tone was a little less <laughs> self-deprecating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be much Were more you like, about it? how have you not heard about yeah. Edna's Goldfish? <laughs> I think sometimes, um, because I'm pretty public about how many movies I watch, I post them all on our Instagram and stuff, Mm -hmm. but I think people expect me to be uh, more rude about it, but I find it embarrassing that I know too much about movies. (laughs) Uh, I think it's embarrassing, and I should be ashamed of myself, and... Literally, all I do is sit around and with my life and uh, watch TV. Okay, that's not something to brag about, in my <laughs> opinion. Uh, but I do have a good time for myself, and this is a life I've chosen. <laughs> not to, you know, uh, suck up too much, but it has produced this wonderful podcast. Well, thank you. Which I am not only a guest, but also longtime listener. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> suck up. My only fan. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. We have at least a handful of normals. (laughs) 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 And uh, I love them all. Yeah. Anyway, y'all are my juice, etc. Let's talk about something else. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Should we get into the movie? Yeah, yeah. Let's get into the movie. Okay. We picked the 2020 film Sound of Metal. Um, I think this was a collab pick from the boys. So tell me why you picked this movie and had you seen it before, both of you? I had not seen it before, and that was explicitly why I picked it. There was a, Jake gave like a list of suggestions curated from you as well, and that was the one that I like, I knew I needed to see at some point, had a lot of recommendations as musician, it dealing (laughs) with issues close to home, knew I had to see it. And that one, that's frankly, that is precisely why it's like, it was almost like, this is the, this is when I'm going to watch this movie. This is, I know I need to watch this movie and this is exactly why. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, Callie and I watched it pretty much the day it was available to stream. I had been really looking forward to this. Big fan of Riz Ahmed. (laughs) Uh, so I was actually kind of like, oh crap jacob picked this one now i have to defend i might have to really defend it i don't know i didn't know i didn't know i got really nervous you know it's like one of those things where you make a mix cd for someone and oh yeah are they gonna like it like or like are we all just gonna love it and i'm not gonna have much to say because it's a great movie and everybody should know (laughs) but yeah Yeah, the thing is it the conversations always go good and it kind of doesn't matter whether the movie's good or bad or in between uh, there's always something to say about them. Hell yeah. And I always, I enjoy watching good and bad movies. Although I do think this was a good movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I think it is too. Both of y'all musicians, neither drummers. So No, right. Right. I cannot claim that. <laughs> no. One bit. So maybe you learned something from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, hell yeah. I had not seen this movie before either, but I'm happy to have watched it. So yeah, so I'll run through the cast here. We have, um, this is co-written and directed by Darius Martyr, who this is his scripted feature directorial debut, mouthful. Okay, he had only done a documentary before this. So, you know, good job to him. Co-written with his brother. 
Starring, we have Riz Ahmed, uh, who is in Rogue One. He's in Nightcrawler. He's also in The OA, one of my fave shows. Um, he's also a rocker or a DJ or something. DJ, he goes yeah. by Riz MC. <laughs> Everyone can involved be with music is a rocker. <laughs> no, that's my opinion, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know um, not everybody follows that opinion. But <laughs> in my opinion, you dig music, you're a rocker. Yeah. So. Okay, and then we have Olivia Cook, who was in the show Bates Motel, my name show. Have y'all seen that show? No. no. Oh. Not, uh, not a big horror guy. Oh, I love horror, but I think that was just on like a streaming service that I didn't have. Yeah. Pretty sure I watched it on Netflix. Oh. <laughs> well. Uh, one of those underground ones. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of the uh, Kate's Hotel. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Kate's oh. Don't dodge this one. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's what I know her from. She's been in a bunch of those like sick girl falling in love kind of movies. <laughs> <laughs> Since then. That is a genre. That is. And actually on Bates Motel, she also was like a sick girl. She had to like have an oxygen tank with her all the time oh. or whatever. So I don't know. She's addicted to playing like, <laughs> uh, cast, handicapped yeah. people. And also her character in this movie was originally cast as Dakota Johnson, who had to back out due to scheduling. But huh. I think that could have been interesting. Yeah. Wait, who is Dakota Johnson again? Jake, tell him who. Dakota Johnson is Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Do you know the girl? Yeah. She's in a bunch of stuff. I yeah. just can't think of anything. That's her most... That's what that Prominent was a visceral, yeah. Yeah, that was a visceral oh, he rant. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, also we have Paul Racy, who's in like one episode of every show in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, he's in like Scrubs, Parks and Rec, Baskets, Baywatch, all the hitters. Um, he's also a rocker in a band called Hands of Doom that performs in ASL, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. And lastly, Mathieu Amalric who plays Lou's dad in this movie, was in Grand Budapest Hotel and Quantum of Solace. So um, we got a couple guys in this movie. And as far as critic scores go, we got 97 on Rotten Tomatoes, 92 from the Google users. And so this is a sortified fresh yeah, banger. Yeah. So I can't believe you were thinking we were going to hate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of Just the anxiety talking. <laughs> <laughs> Having anxiety, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid ass. We were talking about this before recording, but my new thing is calling everything stupid or stupid ass. And uh, so that's kind of the headspace that we're in for this recording. (laughs) 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 So this is going to be a good show. Okay, um, so we can watch the trailer and then we'll get into it. Mr. Stone, your hearing is deteriorating rapidly. And the hearing that you have lost is not coming back. I can't hear you, do you understand me? I can't, I'm dead! I'm dead! There are implants. Well then let's do that. It's a very involved process and it's quite costly. Then we'll come back. Till then, Lou, we just keep going, okay? No. How are you, Ruben? You should understand that this is a deaf community. I think it's important that you stay here with us right now, Ruben. Find some solid ground. Everybody here shares in the belief that being deaf is not a handicap. 
not something to fix. I'm getting on a plane and you're gonna go back to that place. Slow down. Go back there right now! Promise, say it! I need you to wait for me, okay? You're in for me, Lou. You're my heart. You're in for me, okay? You gotta wait for me. It's time. I gotta do something. How'd you get the money? The world can be a damn cruel place. I'm trying to save my life. I wonder, have you had any moments of stillness? For me, those moments, that place, will never abandon you. Okay, the chillest trailer ever. Yeah, that's a hard one to make a trailer for. That's a weird fucking trailer. That's a weird trailer for this movie. Yeah, it was too chill for like how big and emotional the movie is i don't know it kind of made it pacing of it felt like a horror movie yeah. <laughs> in that, where it's like how'd you get the money <laughs> how'd you get that money yeah or like a gangster movie or something <laughs> with no guns yeah <laughs> okay you're right horror movie <laughs> i accidentally pick a uh one of those remix trailers that makes it to a different genre <laughs> scary mary poppins yeah. <laughs> I picked the scary sound of metal. The sound of scary metal. <laughs> uh, could be a good title for an actual movie. I also noticed on the trailer, the captions on the trailer that you can't turn off. And that's kind of how they wanted the movie to be shown, too, mm. uh, was with captions. And they showed it when they did film fests. They had captions on everything. So cool that the trailer made it out that way on yeah. amazon though you can turn it off yeah amazon stupid ass <laughs> <laughs> i know my heart breaks a little bit every time i see a movie i want to see and it's amazon prime <laughs> i know i kind of you know we're not supposed to um talk about amazon because they're bad and we're good etc um but sometimes stuff is on amazon yeah. and then like what do you do <laughs> You steal your friend's account. True. Or people do torrents, I guess. But I'm trying not to ruin my computer. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, okay. What do we have about this movie to open? Darius Martyr, writer, director of this movie, based this movie in part off of his deaf grandmother. So he is related to a deaf person. And it was partially a rework of an old project he was working on a long time ago, with a different director um, called Metalhead, in which the real-life metal band Jucifer, who are also a actual couple, uh, were going to play a version of themselves where the drummer blows his eardrums out and has to learn to adapt to that. So basically, more or less same plot, just reworked for this. So Yeah, and I love that uh, they kept the slightly metal pun band name, Black Gammon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, what do we think about Black Gammon? <laughs> I I saw that and I just groaned. Yeah, it's but exactly, it's yeah, it's exactly perfect, the though. band name you would see for a band like that, I feel like. Yeah, they're yeah. not, yeah, they're not going to be famous. Of course, that band's going to be called Black Gammon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we open the film at a gig, right? Where the band's rocking out. Riz Ahmed spent six months learning how to play the drums for this, so he's actually playing. And nice. Olivia Cook also 
wrote the song that's in the opening and also actually plays and sings on it too. So they're doing real rock and roll music, baby. And they played it live and recorded live. Real gig. That's pretty sick, I think. What do y'all think? That's true rocking. Yeah, that rules. And yeah. the the first, like, spoilers, but when it, the hearing loss starts to kick in, I was thinking, like, this is, like, the worst song to not really be able to hear because it's, like, this odd <laughs> yeah. time signature and mm-hmm. comes in on the drums really weird and the beat is not really, like, a beat. It's just kind of, like, some fills. And I was like, I don't know if that's purposeful to kind of maybe cover for the fact that maybe Rizamet doesn't play drums or if he just really slays the drums and is doing it that well so I, I really like that I was like oh I felt he was believable as a drummer oh yeah oh, for yeah. sure for sure yeah he seemed like a dr- I actually was weird for me because I am friends with someone who looks just like him has his hair done like how he had like a little bleached and whatever and is also a drummer of a band. So I was like, this is just my friend who drums. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I couldn't believe you when you said six months. Like, I thought that he had came to this as just like, oh, yeah, I've been drumming for years. And then I did acting. And then I did this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was like he had a pretty intense like kind of training for this movie in general. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a couple hours a day every day for like that six months that it was a couple hours of learning ASL because he did learn ASL for this movie and um, a couple hours a day doing drums and a couple hours a day doing heroin to prepare to be <laughs> a recovering addict. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm the kidding dream. about the heroin part. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you clarified. <laughs> but he did do the other stuff, though, for real. <laughs> so that's dedication, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that rocks. It's cool, too, because those are two things that, like, can really sell the performance, but doesn't get into that territory of, like, the super problematic method acting that I think the industry is moving away from, yes. fortunately, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's really cool, yeah. I, yeah. I'm a big Riz Ahmed fan, so this movie was just candy for me. <laughs> that seems like a dream, where it's like you're training, it's not like you're a pretend... Like, that's the problem with method acting, I, I feel, is that it's like, you're still just pretending to be something you're not, and you're trying to excuse your shit behavior by saying you're being this character, as opposed yeah. to something like this, where it's just like... My character needs to know how to become an incredible drummer. I'm going to be devoting time to learn the skill to do said thing outside of, you know, preparing for the actual role. It's like it's its own individual skill that you have to follow through on Mm -hmm. as opposed to being like, oh, I'm just going to pretend to be a shit, shitty person who's a drummer. Uh, sort of a thing. I mean, we don't have evidence that he wasn't also pretending to be a shithead. <laughs> That's uh, true. <laughs> I want to believe. You can be a shithead that knows ASL and does That's drums. <laughs> As we saw in the movie. Yeah. So getting us from here to there, just a little more setup. Like in the old original uh, script they were working with, these people are a couple. It's a guy and a girl. They appear to be a straight couple. Um, They date and are in the band together and they tour and live in an old RV. So they're fully lifestyling rock and roll. And at the beginning, after the first gig, and they they spend the night together in the same bed, wake up naked. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Risky. Um... (laughs) We do see their morning routine of like making smoothies, turning on rock and roll, etc., which comes back in here like in a day to be something important. So when they are setting up for their next gig, loading in, made me miss rocking and rolling a little bit. 
Not that I've ever done it. Um, <laughs> but that's the first time his hearing starts kind of going away and he gets a little tinnitus. And that's also the first time that we... So he gets tinnitus, but also the film um, gets tinnitus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the way they use sound in this movie, and we'll see this again and again throughout the movie, is that the viewer gets to experience the sound that that character is experiencing which is super cool yeah the sound Mm -hmm. design in this movie is stellar and to go back to what jacob said about the trailer like the first couple of times it happens it really is almost played for like a horror movie yes because there is like that in addition to whatever like foley they're doing there's that score with like the really deep Mm -hmm. drums and the really ominous I don't know if it's strings or whatever, but it really does seem like they're trying to play up at least the horror for Ruben, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which that is, yes, an incredibly, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's he's living through his own personal horror movie in a sense. Yeah. And um, also when he was doing this movie in the scenes where he is struggling with his hearing loss, he actually did wear auditory blockers Mm -hmm. inside of his ears that emitted white noise so that he couldn't hear anything, uh, including the sound of his own voice, which is also something we experience as a viewer. Mm -hmm. He also, he did fully method act the ASL. Like after a while, he didn't didn't use like verbal communication anymore. He communicated with the director and the cast almost exclusively through ASL. That's just kind of sick, I think. That is, mm-hmm. yeah. I the whole time I was watching this movie, both times I just felt like such a dork for never <laughs> like, like I've I've learned bits and phrases, but they never mm-hmm. stuck with me. But just like of never diving into that and treating it like I would treat any other, you know, uh, oh, yeah. foreign language to me, you know, or, or they should language. teach ASL. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I always wanted to learn, but it seems like something. Com- I mean, it's like, how do you learn? You have to go take a college class or something. I don't know. Right. I had a book when I was a kid. I learned like whatever, 20 phrases or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's like the closest thing to a universal language that yes. we have. Like, Doi. And it could come in handy so much for like even hearing people. Yeah. Like yeah. especially hearing rockers when you're at gigs all the time. Instead oh. of screaming in your friend's ear constantly, <laughs> how about you just do some hands across the right. room? Okay. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> or We're you can just do what I off. do and just do the completely unreadable facial expression. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've been told... By multiple drummers that that's my... <laughs> Where you're just giving the same facial expression? Yeah, I have no clue what I'm trying to communicate. <laughs> like, oh, I thought, like, after a gig, so many times the drummers, like, said to me, like, oh, you kept giving me these looks, like, it made me think I was, like, off or something, and you were, you were trying to correct me, and I was like, no, I was just really into it. <laughs> and you made them think they were fucking out. up. Yeah, then it makes my, them fuck up. It's my, uh, my bass face, you know? <laughs> incredible i mean as far as like being in a band goes i think if you either play with someone enough or especially if you're on tour and you're just like in each other's vibes constantly like you do reach like a symbiosis where language isn't as necessary maybe (laughs) it could still come in handy and especially well can you you couldn't asl if you're playing bass so unless you could do toes asl uh so that would be a skill I could do the backwards, like I could do the tongue maybe while I'm ASLing. You know, sometimes like on certain notes, you can just kind of like 
<laughs> you can kind of thrust the face. <laughs> Ew! Jake, don't be nasty. Aaron's just talking body. You just give weight. it like a hip thrust, and when it bounces back against Ew. your body, yeah, yeah, we're getting into it. Ah, uh, straight laced Kalo once again. <laughs> it'll just like you know, it'll just make the bass I'm resonate. So sorry, enough. my guest is being a pervert. <laughs> Could be the first X-rated screen phone. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> My uh, former co-host was a big pervert, and he is not here to defend himself anymore. So, <laughs> so we can say that and get away with it. <laughs> okay, where are we in this movie? Um, they did some crazy stuff to record the sounds too that they do use. They like mic'd the inside of skull helmets and like mic'd his eyelid noises and (laughs) they had all these different assortments of crazy mics underwater mics stethoscope mics all this kind of stuff they wanted to like literally record the inside of his body pretty much they wanted to record his heart racing the dryness of his mouth all that kind of stuff and so they did do all that and they used all of that in the sound mix which is crazy that is because like yeah. from what i understand which is almost nothing about sound design like fully <laughs> but like so many things that you would think um you'd want to capture because it would be like a cool thing to include for realism's sake just doesn't translate so that's like why you yeah. have the whole field of foley artists where they're you know banging a saw to make wind noise or whatever they do um mm-hmm. so it's cool that they were able to like actually work that out and foley yeah. artists are rockers Yo, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah the original rockers <laughs> The rockers of Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They also did say that the mix of the sound work took six times longer than the shoot of the movie. So that's kind of wild. That's like the majority of time spent on this movie is the sound. And it shows. And they, I think, won a ton of awards for all that. so. (laughs) (laughs) So the next morning, we see the morning routine again, but now you can't hear anything. So that just like... Because we had that first morning of everything being hearable, audible, everything being audible, sound being on, (laughs) ears being working. When we have the second morning where you can't hear anything, it's very, it's like so much more impactful. So that was actually like a cool thing that they did, I think. Yeah, definitely. And it was like so clear how they had rituals, you know, even when they were like dancing, like that felt like something that they did routinely you know mm-hmm. yeah um, i that dancing one i picked up on that vibe of just like oh this is to keep him from doing something else yeah this is not just like oh you know i just like enjoy my morning coffee it's this was a i'm <laughs> going to make the coffee so that the world doesn't end and like mm-hmm. they didn't hit until that dancing scene of just like he's struggling I like that it did turn into something a little more spontaneous, though. So they gave like that quiet, intimate yeah. moment, you know, even though I think, yeah, I had the same feeling that it was like, there's definitely something going on with these rituals and this routine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I first watched it, I thought the routine was for her. It was not, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was for him. Because mm-hmm. they just... show her arm pretty early yeah. on yes. that yeah. has like a bunch of cutting scars on it. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. So it, yeah, it kind of felt like oh yeah it's like he's sort of acting as the protector but definitely that second morning you're just like oh no it's it's the other way it's, it's a little bit of both maybe a little bit yeah. of column oh, yeah. a little Code bit of column B. yeah oh yeah 
It is sort of commendable, though, also for them to just have a regular routine as people who are so touring that they live out of an RV. I feel like it's very hard to be normal, like living that <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> and very easy to be chaos. <laughs> yeah, very easy to be a total fucking scumbag. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which they probably had to be a little bit of scumbags. Like, did they have a shower or a bathroom on that thing? Because I never saw one. I don't know. It was a pretty big RV, though. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's hard to tour in, too. Like, the gas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Under and, like, 10. <laughs> parking. Yeah, That's parking why, yeah, is really, going yeah. In. Especially for like the venues that they did show them playing. They were not, I mean, those are probably 250 They're not playing arenas, venues, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're playing little gigs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where would they park outside of Empty Bottle, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Everybody I know that's ever had the idea of doing an RV tour or has done an RV tour the idea ends up being that's a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's not cost effective at all. In theory, it seems like a good idea, but the things go slow. They take up all kinds of gas. They break down all the time. They're like, they're like not really meant to be driven around all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. They're like meant to be driven, you know, two times a year when you go on vacation or whatever. And then, yeah, the parking and, the security of it all. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. How many venues do you know that are like so famous for like being in neighborhoods where everything gets stolen and broken into all the time? Mm-hmm. And imagine like your entire house is just sitting outside. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> do not go to St. Louis in that thing. <laughs> <sighs> or Wicker Park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. St. Louis, yeah. the only place I got we got broken into on tour on a weekend tour. <laughs> Oh, my yeah. God. I got my car broken into uh, when I drove to St. Louis for a weekend festival, and I wasn't even playing or anything. <laughs> just, just visiting. <laughs> I just was there for the gigs, and uh, somebody broke into my car and took my bags out of it. And I was going to stay in my car that weekend, sleep in my car, because uh, I'm a real rocker, okay, dedicated. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, and then I had to find other provisions. Stayed with a friend who had a pig. But oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. What was the pig's name? Uh, I can't remember what the pig's name was now, but oh, he was a fine. big old boy. Oh. But a whole bunch of people got broken into at that fest, and they had security. <laughs> so, Jesus. <laughs> the security guy said, uh, oh, I heard your car alarm going off, and I figured you just like set it off on accident. <laughs> <laughs> and so he didn't even check. Uh. <laughs> That's the whole point of the thing. <laughs> Stupid ass. <laughs> oh. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Horn, you've been robbed on the road. No, never. Never. Have you been on the road much? I don't know what your touring has eh, been like. Not once again. Similar to my movie watching experience, where it's like in my head. Three times like, a month. Yeah, three times a month. <laughs> He's getting there. I'm we're, getting we're, there. We're getting there. Yeah. You've been I'm, doing a little bit with Devin K, right? Yeah. Right. And I yeah. used to in high school and college, but there was definitely a drought. Of touring. Yeah. And wait, how old are you now? Uh, 32. Yeah, so it's been a minute since high school and college. Yeah, but then, the, <laughs> but that was a thing of like in, in college, definitely. I was doing, you know, like we would do Midwestern tours, but then we did like an East Coast tour. That was like two weeks. Nothing ever big. Nothing like bigger than a two-week tour. Two weeks is sizable, though. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's longer than it sounds when you yes. say two weeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Versus when you go for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, that was like a weird thing where it's like I did that, and then after I moved to Chicago, I didn't tour again for my God, like maybe six, seven years or so. I think Chicago has that ability to kill touring for a yes. lot of people <laughs> yep. because, like, I mean, there's so you have so many opportunities to do gigs in Chicago, and a lot of the bands that I know, like their best gigs are in Chicago, like <laughs> can yep. make a lot of money on a gig in Chicago. So, like, why then would you leave and go play places where you're not going to make money and not have people? <laughs> yeah, but then I get to play, like, a weird uh, a weird movie theater in, like, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, the bizarre venues. Or then you get the thing of, like, there's a town where there's just nothing else mm. going on. And then it's not Chicago where there's 12 shows yep. any given night and you don't have to compete that's true that's you know. true played yeah. ashland wisconsin which if you are familiar with the state of ash of wisconsin it is the most northern point of wisconsin way up by yeah. lake superior and we played a show up there and it was to a packed fucking venue because yeah. there's nothing going on so you go to the show that's and it was true. one of the yeah. best shows we've ever had i did have a couple of those too on the road like weird ass places like was it like College Park, Maryland or something that we had like a hundred people show up to this house show for Jesus. me. Nice. <laughs> like dumbass with a ukulele. Like not <laughs> you know ass. and some stupid ass with a ukulele. And they chanted my name. Yeah. And I told them nice. I was gonna play a new song and like twenty people got out their cell phones to record me and then I got so nervous I totally fucked. <laughs> I've never been I've never been paid so much attention to. You know? <laughs> Usually I'm playing there's like people talking like no yeah. one's looking me in the eyes like <laughs> someone's changing a baby's diaper. Okay. <laughs> you know like there's other stuff going on. Uh I had never had such a captive audience it made me so scared. <laughs> but they were all very nice. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, touring does rock. Like, don't get me wrong. Or it can rock. It can also not rock, but... Just don't do it in a 40-foot RV. Right. Yeah. That's the bottom line that we brought <laughs> oh up 20 God. minutes ago. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, we can go back to the movie. <laughs> Big tangent. Love to see it. Um, There's no segue there. So this man, um, <laughs> he's losing his hearing. One thing I thought was... I think different than how I would have handled that. I feel like if I couldn't hear myself, I'd be screaming. And this man mm. is talking so normal. Yeah, that, you know, I don't want to get like too far in the movie, but I, there was mm. something that occurred to me on the second watch was like, I couldn't tell if this was the first time he was struggling with this hearing or not. Because mm. he knows the, he does the hold your nose, nose and blow. Yep. Which is, yeah. I have hearing loss, and that's, like, a thing. Like, that's, my doctor showed me how to do that. Well, you do so, that if you pop your ears, too. Though. Yeah, yeah. On the second rewatch, I realized, like, a symptom of um, opioid addiction can be hearing loss. So I wonder if that's maybe oh. something he struggled with before he got clean, and then now it's maybe coming back, you know. Interesting. Yeah, that could be true. So, yeah, maybe he's done this before. But he did seem so scared, though. True. <laughs> I have no follow up. Yeah. Well, because okay. it is weird of like the the first instance of tinnitus, he, in my mind, he was a bit more blase, going more with Jake's point of like maybe he's this has happened before of like, oh, this is just the ringing, it'll go away in a few seconds and then I'm fine, sort of a thing. Yeah. 
Maybe in denial. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we've probably all gotten a little bit of tinnitus at a gig or two. Oh, no? yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I've had that exact moment that he had, where it's just like that. You Uh-oh. pause. Yeah, you're like, is this it? And then it goes away, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna live forever. Um, <laughs> no worries here. <laughs> yeah. Everything's a okay. I'm an Adonis. Um, <laughs> that was some weird blip. It's like a muscle spasm <laughs> in your eardrum. Yeah. <laughs> um, a Charlie horse. A Charlie <laughs> drum. Uh, <laughs> so this man is very scared. He goes to the pharmacy who sends him to the doctor. And he does a hearing test where they figure out that he has about 20% hearing in each ear. And has to quit rocking. The hearing that he has lost is not coming back. And uh, now it's his duty to stop rocking and be good to his ears and preserve whatever he has left. But as we've learned, you can't tell a rocker to stop rocking. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that was. I the mean, what would you do? Yeah. I do love what they did with the test, though, where you could tell he was like trying to get it right, even when it yeah. didn't, even when he like clearly had no clue. <laughs> Speaking, I I, uh, I have like a color blindness thing. And every time I go to the eye doctor, okay, even so you're deaf know, and blind? It's <laughs> <laughs> a color, technically, it's a color deficiency. But so, like, when I do those dot <laughs> tests at the eye doctor where they have uh-huh. the numbers yeah. and everything, I always try to get it. Like, even if I know I can't really see it, I'll like squint and kind of hunt around because oh, you just, <laughs> you want, you know, you want to think like yeah. you can, Aww. you can overcome this. That like, is fair. No, I can, you know. That is fascinating to me because like, because as someone who is privileged enough to not have that of like, I get, I just like look at that and be like, I don't understand. I can't even fathom what it would look like. It would just look like a pile of red rocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they could be tricking you. There could be no I, numbers That's there. true. I know. It's you come, I kind of treat it like a magic eye puzzle for me. Oh. <laughs> It'll reveal itself to me if you I just You go close focus. and then you zoom out? Yeah. yeah. Or they just say, like, there was no number there. We are just pulling your leg. You don't have color deficiency. <laughs> this is a joke. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great prank. Or if yeah. they did all, all cards, no numbers on them. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that they cut straight from the test to him playing at the next show. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, I I had such a visceral reaction to that. Just clenching was like, oh, He's fully committed to the gig. And many people do, who are rockers, commit their entire bodies to the gigs. That's just the price you pay. He's willing to let the rest of his hearing go. Just so he can do rock and roll with his gal. He's like, yeah, I've gone this far and I lost 80%. You know, it'll take me a while to get rid of that last 20%. Yeah. Not a single (laughs) night, you know. Yeah. And when he was at the dock, too, the doctor gave him a little idea that he would be able to get an implant. A cock... What do you say? Cochlear? Cochlear. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) Now who's the pervert? (laughs) We're bringing you, you down, it. straight. Taylor. <laughs> We're bringing you down to the muck and the mire. <laughs> that he'd be able to get that, the unnamed implant, but it would be 40 to 80 grand and insurance wouldn't cover it. And that's like one thing that a lot of people had contention with about the movie is that it's really everything surrounding that implant mm-hmm. because most of these kind of implants are covered by insurance actually and there's a lot more in the way of like evaluations making sure he's suitable telling him 
later on when he does get the implant spoiler alert we're like jumping way <laughs> to the end but um and the sound's all different like they would have told him all that kind of stuff yeah. before there would have yeah. been much more of a process yeah, yeah. I, I had that as a note like they didn't tell him it was gonna no. sound different yeah <laughs> yeah and they're actually like when he does get the implant too and they're just like yeah come back in four weeks and you'll have your one checkup and bada bing bada boom we'll be gone but actually like there's a whole bunch of appointments involved with those mm. kind of things and they like spend a long time tuning it and doing all the mechanical beep boops uh and such so the the whole representation of that implant uh throughout this movie was sort of misrepresented which is kind of sad because of how well every other aspect of deafness was represented yeah. and like how much research and like care was put into the rest of the deaf representation yeah that they would then like fall short on that i think you know part of it seemed like it they needed it was a plot device exactly a MacGuffin a yeah. just to drive the conflict between him and joe a little bit more yeah. about you know his involvement in the community i'm gonna sound like a conservative uncle who's in his 60s Uh-oh. like the movie had an agenda the movie yeah. has an agenda <laughs> of like don't do this cochlear implant you can live a good life without this cochlear implant. Well, you know, I don't know if I would go that far. I think part of it was his specific circumstances of being someone extremely prone to addiction. And, uh, you know, uh, there's like a literal scene where he's trying to fix the roof. You know, Ruben's like oh, yeah. who's trying to find mm-hmm. the solution to his problem. Yeah. So I think, yes, definitely, in, you know, in some ways it is doing that but i think it is also just like a character study of like this person who is so focused on that 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 would be you know something he would seek out right but i'm just saying like they didn't they i think they could have done that while also showing the addiction mentality of like because we we but we pointed out like the doctors explicitly have never said yeah the cochlear implant is like a bit bogus like it's going to be like a white noise generator as well like no one says that But we all kind of, like, see it coming. Yeah. I think if, like, characters in the movie said that, where they're just like, you know, it's not going to be the same, he as a character still would have gone through with it because he's so desperate. But the director and the writer made an explicit choice to hide that and to make it seem like it is a little bit more hopeful than it is. Like it is an instant fix. Right. Because I I think... It would be true to the character if the doctors kept telling him, being like, it's not going to be the same. You're not going to be able to hear 100%. He would be so driven. He's like, I don't care. Drill in my head, baby. Right. But that's what I'm saying. I think that's part of why it wasn't necessary. Okay. (laughs) I I disagree. Not to be a centrist, but I'm seeing both sides. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he, he does try and play another show. He is like pretty much completely deaf at that point and has a panic attack at the gig. And it must be like really scary for him. I was trying to think of what it would be like to try and tour and do gigs as a non-hearing person and just like not being able to like know what's going on around you or like you end up in so many scary places (laughs) like to not be able to hear somebody coming up on you or anything. I think that would just be so scary. Yeah, in my head when he started driving... In, like, the next day, yeah, I was like, yeah. what the fuck? I was thinking and, about that, too. Yeah, that was a big red flare in my head of, like, this guy is not thinking clearly. No. He's not thinking so clearly that he has one SIG, and then his girlfriend has to call his sponsor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
for doing sigs. <laughs> no siggies. Oh, he was so petulant too on the oh, phone yeah. with the sponsor. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, once again, that's a great. I think that was a great representation yeah, of yeah. like showing how much he clung to that routine of like the morning of like making things that it's like it is to stop him from reverting back to who he was which then most of the movie we spend seeing what he was previously when he was addicted yeah as soon as his routine is disrupted just a little bit it throws everything into chaos for him yeah yeah i love that we say just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) but no but the most minor But no, like, yeah, like his routine was upset and he reverted back Mm -hmm. immediately to his older ways. Yeah, well, I think, is that the same day that he, like, destroys their whole trailer or whatever? I think that... I think that's that's later. That is Is after... I know that's after the call, the petulant Mm. call. (laughs) Yeah, it might be the next day, but... Yeah. Yeah, even though I do think that the, like, rockers being drug addicts is a little tropey, maybe. But despite that, I do like that they made his character be like more multidimensional there's like so many movies you see that are about someone with a disability the main character having a disability that disability is the only problem they're allowed to have Mm -hmm. you know it's like the whole focus of the movie and this guy is more multidimensional and he has other interests um he has other things in his past things he wants to do in his future like they really like fleshed him out as a full real guy and didn't make this like just disability porn or whatever (laughs) totally yeah and like i mean this is jumping ahead unfortunately so only only dip my toes in and back (laughs) but it's you're you hit the nail on the head that like in in a way the movie is not about dealing with a loss of hearing this is this is a greek tragedy of like you're dealing with your own like addictions and all these other problems losing the sense of hearing frankly is like this weird thing where it's almost like this in a sense of MacGuffin, kind of like similar to the getting the hearing back where it is the surface level problem that Mm -hmm. when you pull back the curtains it exposes that there are as you've said like it's it's addiction in my mind it's all a lot of anger management of like yeah he is not able to control his emotions you can, as you said, like making a multidimensional, there are so many more personal issues that he's dealing with that the loss of hearing is only what served as a catalyst to expose and deal with those more central problems. Totally. Yeah. The routine was just papering over those problems. Yeah. That's like just a way of storytelling around handicaps that Mm -hmm. we just don't really get to see often. Yeah. And uh, I did like that about this movie a lot. Um, And he's not just like some uh, nice person with the handicap that we just pity and feel bad (laughs) for. He's like, because he's also like a shithead in a lot of ways. (laughs) Super shithead. People with handicaps can also be shitheads, and that's okay, too. (laughs) Shithead representation. (laughs) Fart knocker representation. (laughs) Title of it. (laughs) Hell yeah. We need more fart knockers in film. (laughs) Oh, my 
my gosh, that's incredible. So one thing I was thinking around, um, so they keep trying to put him on the phone <laughs> with his sponsor. <laughs> Uh, obviously that's not going well and meanwhile his girlfriend keeps handwriting all these notes then they literally have a phone right there why would she not like type it out (laughs) doi hello it's taking her so long to handwrite everything why would you not just type it in your phone stupid ass (laughs) (laughs) and we can't ever read what she's writing I, at least I couldn't, but maybe my TV is just really small. <laughs> I think I caught like a few things, but it was huh? they weren't. It wasn't any like thing you needed to see. It was just right. more of the conversation. Yeah. But I just want to know. This is this could be not not projecting, but kind of like I am just speculating here. So a, a cool thing that they did that I really liked. So you were talking before about how on any other platform besides Amazon. They would put the captions on no matter what. Frankly, to like put you in the mindset, put you in how someone who has hearing loss would have to consume this media. Yeah. And so what they did too is like there were no captions for sign language until he learned what it was. So we as the viewer were not able to pick up on the cues and on the conversations of people who could have conversations, and in my, in this is 100% speculation, but like, you don't need to see that writing because you're going to be living in this world of smoke and fog where it's like, you're not going to be able to see what's going to be coming next when people are talking together. Mm-hmm. These people are trying to talk together in this way of communication that is hard, harder for an outside force to visual, like visually see and understand we're then going to translate then to a new community of people who are speaking a language that you will not be able to understand. And once again, we will not be holding your hand to let them let you know what they're talking about. Yeah, I love that. It's a little later, but the dinner scene. Yes. Where you just, yes. Oh. you can tell that, you know, how animated it is, how much fun there is, how much intimacy there is. But as a viewer, unless you sign, and even if you do sign, because the way the camera moves in that scene, it would be hard to follow because you're not mm-hmm. always getting the full yeah. kind of swinging around the table. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think about the um, subtitling of the sign language, but you're right, and I love how this movie just puts you in his shoes constantly mm-hmm. as a viewer. That you're outside when he's outside both times. <laughs> and um you're hearing what he's hearing you're really just like it's almost like a full sensory experience <laughs> i not that you say it i can't think of a single scene single shot even i mean obviously there's shots that take place where he's not in the frame but like every scene is with him he's involved yes yeah. i'm trying to like think if there's anything where it's like Oh, maybe. No, I think that's true. I think yeah. we stay with him. Yeah, that's something I've seen other films do too. Yeah, uh, make an effort to stay with one character. Yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. And yeah, just extra lens to that. Like you're in his world. Whatever he's experiencing is what you're experiencing, and the world doesn't exist outside of him because you are him. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the ranch for deaf addicts, he goes to a ranch for deaf addicts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where we meet Paul Racy's character. Paul Racy isn't actually a deaf person. Both his parents were deaf. And he is fluent in sign language because of that. And he's a big advocate and activist for the deaf community, which is really cool. 
Also, his character and his real self are both former addicts and both served in Vietnam IRL. So he was pretty much cast to play himself. (laughs) Can't imagine why he ended up in that role. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty sick that like all that is true for him. It's like perfect role for him, right? Yeah. Loved him. Favorite. Yeah. 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 I can't imagine anyone else in that role. I mean, he was just perfect in it. Yeah. He rocked. And he's kind of like, he has that like, I don't know, mojo about him where he's just like an old uh, recovered addict who like isn't taking anyone's shit, sees through all your shit, you know? Yeah. But he still still wants to be a little caring about it, but he's not going to let you walk on him kind of guy. Yeah. And that comes to fruition later, and we'll talk yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> we all get yep. depressed at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and we get a lot in this area of exposition about Riz's background. That's not something I love to have in a movie, but uh, whatever. <laughs> it's nice that they did it later. Because every, like, the lazy trope is the exposition within the first 20 minutes be like, some Mm -hmm. guy, you know, that, yeah, that exact scene. Hey, Riz, where you been? (laughs) Well, turns out I've been on heroin for four years and then my dad died. (laughs) No, I'm saying that could have happened, like, with his girlfriend be like, you were addicted to heroin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Contextually, too. I mean, that that is something that is very much a part of the treatment and recovery process is telling your story, you know. So, yeah, I I thought that was even though it was a little bit like we got to sit through this. we, We kind of already assumed some of these things. I think it, it made sense. Yeah. I just don't like when a character just sits there and tells you all their shit. And I think a lot of times, this just came up on our Together Together episode because they do a lot of group therapy in mm-hmm. that movie. But the group therapy device or like AA or NA meetings devices are both used a lot in film for that purpose, just to get someone to tell their entire story so that they don't have to like do the work of making you figure it out another way you know just to have someone sit there and say this is my character (laughs) (laughs) it does make sense for this movie though yes i i think for this movie the group therapy trope a couldn't have worked right at the start because once he goes in he does not know sign language he cannot actually communicate so he has no way of actually telling his story his exposition and then when we go back to the group therapy, unfortunately, we are now, I say unfortunately, because I'll get to this, where it's like, he's now already become ingrained in the group, he's comfortable with the group, so he would have already have told the story, yeah. sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. I say unfortunately, because when I saw that scene, I, I distinctly remember the, t- the scene, it was before that, where there was a tonal shift, where he's like, with the kids, and I was just, in my head, I'm like, this is bullshit. This scene is bullshit, and when, when, when we get there, we'll we'll get there, but okay. I don't want to jump ahead too okay. much. <laughs> so I'll move us along a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Kayla. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I warned to... you. I warned you we would get into it. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. That's okay. Um, they want him to stay at this joint t- for treatment, but he at first doesn't want to because they're going to make his girlfriend go away. The next day after that is when the whole wake up and he's destroying everything scene happens because he's pretty much out of options at that point. He's like lost his hearing. He doesn't want to go to the one place that can help him with the hearing thing. Uh, He doesn't have money for the implant. So there's no more options there. It's so clear how much like he wants to be useful rather than like 
take care of himself because mm-hmm. he's literally soldering in an enclosed RV. Oh my god! <laughs> After he just you know has found out that he's gonna have for what we know is a permanent disability, like mm-hmm. that's so bad for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so hey, bad. But for idle you. hands are the devil's playground. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> have we all seen Halt and Catch Fire. My goodness. <laughs> Soldering, yeah, I know. Fumes. I know you know. 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 Jacob and I are whispering at about a show that we love a lot, and there's. I was wondering what you're whispering about. Absolute favorite AMC. It's kind of spoilers, but uh, there's a big part of one of the characters. Spoiling Halt and Catch Fire, right? All we can just say that inhaling um, soldering fumes is a big. Yeah, yeah. uh, Always use proper uh, ventilation. uh, Ventilation. Yeah. Uh, maybe a lead-free solder. Maybe be nicer to the people that you love and appreciate the time that you have left with them. I love this. Why change the world if you don't have the people around you? Well, I know what our uh, screen vomit after dark is. Hachi yeah. machi, I got a halt and catch fire takeover on the pod today. So anyway... Wrecked so anyway, the RV. He wrecks the RV. He's like basically suicidal. And that's when his girlfriend Lou is like, basically, I got a peace out. Yeah. Um, and they have a big, like, a goodbye scene, you know, where she's like, oh, if you left me, I would cut myself again. And he's like, if you left me, I'd do drugs. You're my everything, etc. Um, they're super codependent and bad, mm-hmm. unhealthy relationship, mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> and she leaves and goes back home. Then he is tasked with going and checking himself into the ranch. We've kind of touched on this, but like when he starts at the ranch, you feel like how outside of everybody else he is. Like he can't communicate with anybody um, because he can't hear them, but he also doesn't know sign language. So they're kind of resigned to having to type on the computer or whatever or use that speaking machine, which is like a whole thing to set up. So uh, he's just kind of like left out. Yeah, uh, of everything. Mm. He's not part of the non-hearing world yet. One of the early scenes that struck me is when they're just they have that long montage of the RV going across the country or whatever, going to the next mm-hmm. gig, and like he, him and Lou are talking literally the entire time. Which, first of yeah. all, that's, that's maybe the that's, un- most unrealistic right. part of the movie. When I was okay, we're gonna now the exact opposite. The exact opposite thing. Instead of jumping ahead, I'm gonna jump back to that. I was I was kind of just a, refusing to stay on the timeline. Yeah, of course. No. Time is relative. Flat circle. That those also those conversations that they had, it felt like it was like two strangers having icebreakers. I never talk like that to my friends when we're in a van. Uh, yeah. If we do, we're all just playing on a switch, you know. I specifically remember one of their conversations was how it's culturally acceptable to use a toothpick in public but not floss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is all to say I cannot believe the conversations that these two people have that were supposed to believe are like ride or die yeah i do wonder how much of that was improvised yeah but i think it would just i'm gonna try say to, probably all of yeah, it. yeah oh yeah it but, felt improvised by people who don't do yes <laughs> improv- yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> i just kind of took away that like that's just they're conversationalists and they're so used to being able to always like talk one-on-one with someone yeah. and now that's just gone for him completely yeah. you know yeah. I do, yes. I like that. It achieved that purpose. But then just me <laughs> being a little, like, shit. I'm just like, no, I did wow. it too. I did <laughs> it too. <laughs> How? 
How dare people they? are stupid. Yeah, I mean, ninety percent of touring conversations anyway are where we're we gonna piss shit and eat in the yes. half hour anyway. Is there a Dunkin' at the next stop? <laughs> Hell and yeah. And you gotta think like these people. Not only they're dating, but also they're in the band together. They live together. All they do is be in the band together and be in the RV together. They don't have time apart. Yeah. So, like, yeah. if you're not having, as a couple, if you're not having your own social life or your own experiences alone, then after a time, you do run out of things to talk about when you're both experiencing the same thing from 100%. morning to night. One hundred percent. You just described <laughs> oh my, my last God. sixteen months. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's a that's a weird lens to look at it through. Of like yeah, like after living through that sort of thing, be like. That's the most unfeasible thing. Yeah. Not the cochlear implant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they say they've been together for four years. Yeah. Oh, so like No. They would have nothing to say. What do you comment on? You know? And they're like seemingly on the road like most of the time too. So like you can't really have a social life uh in that way either, right? Because yeah. you're with a different group of people every night and they're all strangers. Yeah, one of my least favorite aspects of touring is that like whole course of a relationship that you have to develop with these complete strangers over the course of a night at a show mm-hmm. like yep. you have to meet the other bands and maybe find out enough about them to get along with them and then you do a little bit and then you just you know 95% of the again. time you're never gonna see them again oh yeah. I'm an I'm an expert at it <laughs> I don't know if I enjoy it but like I'm good at it uh, <laughs> it's it's a talent I hate that part yeah <laughs> I, like I said I'm not saying that I enjoy it it's like I'm it's probably more... also a pro at it honestly yeah. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like whittling, where it's like it's kind of how I know it's useless. Ninety-five percent of everyone I know, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, I talked yeah. to them at you a gig the too much once. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I talked to them too much at a gig once, and then we became friends for life for some reason. <laughs> uh, back on the movie here, where were we? Um, his job for the week at the rehab is to learn how to be deaf. So he's learning all the tips and tricks of how you interact in a deaf society and taking sign language classes and hanging with children. I'm not really sure why the children are there. Um, well, no, that, that was an easy, I thought that was a smart, easy transition because frankly, with regards to his development as a man who has hearing loss, be like, he is a child. You think he he's a no baby? Idea. Yeah. In the sense that he doesn't know how to do sign language. <laughs> So Most men his through. age who are rockers, literal babies. Yeah. Of course rockers are babies. <laughs> Have you met rockers? Yourself excluded. In um, the solutions, we pretty much exclusively refer to each other as little babies. Yes, goo goo gaga. <laughs> Baby oh, needs his babies. diaper. Um. But uh, can we please talk about the t-shirt that he's wearing the first time he walks oh, into the classroom? God. Uh, what is it? It's, it says Jism. Yeah. 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 But it's the name of a band, though. Yeah. It's also... <laughs> That's excusable. <laughs> I'll tell you, I didn't know what that was at oh, that age. Oh, you can do it. Right. I don't know if I've told this story on the pod before, but when I was in maybe sixth grade, 
uh, me and my friend thought, you know, how you just go around saying like, geez, mom, or whatever. Uh-oh. Okay, this was like the year 2000. Uh, yeah, we thought it'd be fun to say jizz instead of geez. Um, <laughs> we didn't know what jizz was. Uh-huh. And my mom kept saying, Kayla, that's nasty. Do not say that. And I'd be like, jizz, mom, chill out. <laughs> chill out. I'd be like, why is Love that nasty? The 90s. <laughs> yeah, okay. Stay nasty, mom. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. My mom wouldn't tell me, except just oh, to keep telling not. me it was nasty and I shouldn't say it. Um, so the anyway. best way to get a young person to stop saying something. Oh yeah. yeah. So there were like there was like a, a solid time period where I walked around saying jizz all the time, oh, having no that. idea yeah. like what that meant. Oh. <laughs> like the heads that must have turned. So, when, you know, him wearing a jizz shirt to a class full of kids, they don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. No, they there, could know. There, there was the, the one. Reactions, yeah. There was one kid one knew. Kid, yeah, one kid The one knew. kid that he drummed <laughs> yeah. the slide. Yeah. The, the uh, class pervert. Yeah. <laughs> oh, duh. Have you met boys? <laughs> Look, I can tell you at that age, I definitely knew what jizz is. <laughs> yeah. 100%. What age well do you think these kids are? <laughs> I thought it was getting like uh, maybe early Nasty. middle school. Yeah. Those, like yeah. Six, fifth, sixth grade. Maybe. Prime I don't know what pervo kids look like anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. God. Yeah. Back in my Oof. day, fifth graders were like look like full grown adults. These days, they look like little babies. They're not drinking enough milk. You know <laughs> <laughs> All right, this, the Wisconsin uh, Chamber is, is of Commerce. It, yeah, was that the, the sponsor for this episode? <laughs> yeah. The milk yeah, milk I don't even drink milk, milk, milk now. Yeah. So. <laughs> no one makes milk, milk. board. Milk board. Pe- Honestly, TMD. people who drink cow's milk in 2021 are perverts. Like, that's nasty. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Gallon a week. <laughs> Shut up. Are you for real? Cow's yep. milk? Yep. Reduced <laughs> okay. fat, 2%. We've got a pervert on the pod. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I told you. X-rated. X-rated. He did tell you where he was from. Yeah. So. Should have had to disclose <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Town of Harrison. When you move into a new house, you should have to knock on your neighbor's doors <laughs> and I tell them you drink cow's milk. milk a week. A week? <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. I mean, if you buy a gallon of milk... You have to drink it in a week. No, it'll be like That's 10 true. days. Oh, <laughs> sorry. If you get almond milk, it's good for like a month and a half. Okay, I mean. almond milk is the worst oh, no. milk for the environment. <laughs> Do you know how much water is needed to just grow almonds? A significant <laughs> amount. Would you believe that California is experiencing Got him on the monoculture. How dare you? <laughs> uh, for, the, for the normals, our friend Horn here is a, uh, a farmer boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's about to pop off. Yeah, no, I'm um, I'm raining myself back in. I'm sorry. I mean, I'll drink an oat milk if I can find it, but it's hard to find sometimes. Yeah, because they're impossible to grow. <laughs> I love where this movie has taken us. <laughs> okay, so we're done with milk chat, and now we're back to the movie where what's happening meets um, the teacher that if this was a Hallmark movie, he would fall in love with. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. There was no love. No. He's dedicated to Lou and so dedicated, in fact, that he breaks into the office uh, routinely and sneaks on the computer to send emails. Such a 1998 move. Yeah. (laughs) So love is dead. The teacher's not going to, you know. Teacher not dead. Teacher not Um, dead. But now there's a montage of him in the deaf community. Yeah. And it is with this montage that I start, I will say now, 
and we will approach later on. So once we get to the kids and him being happy, <laughs> then I'll get to my anger. I have one point to make before that. Yes, awesome. So before we get to him being happy with the kids, we're still on him being out of place. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of poking around, fucking around kind of thing. Putzen. Goes out to Putson. That's a good one. Go, he's putzing around. Uh, putzing on a playground with one boy. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> and they get this boy at the top of the metal slide, and he's at the bottom. They do a little... We will rock you on the slide. (laughs) They're not actually playing we will rock you, but I think you know what I mean when I say that. That's when we get the titular sound of metal. Yep. One of the few noises they can hear. And after that is the tone change. Yes. Once he realizes they can hear this sound of metal, everything changes for him. Now go off. Well, that's, it was an abrupt tone shift. It was a significant tone shift. Right now, what I'll say is Uh that as I was watching it and the tone shift occurred, I thought it was not earned. Mm. When I I first saw it, I will get to it once we hit a certain point. I thought the tone shift was not earned. That was a reaction to my nonverbal expression. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there was a grimace and a groan. Um, But like, I thought that it was, the montage was too quick. We don't live in the 80s anymore. (sighs) Film has progressed since then. You can show development in a better way. And I Mm -hmm. did not believe that they did. But I'm not saying that that's bad because of what happens later. And that's my point, is yes. that I don't think we're actually getting true development. Correct. You know? I think if you are close to someone with who's dealing with addiction, these ti- these time periods are not uncommon, where yeah. they realize, you know what, uh, things might not be what I want them to be right now, but I can ride it out, I can have a good time, this is only temporary, I'll be able to fix things later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're getting from Ruben at that point. It was an incredible conscious choice of the director, of like, it was where where he made a choice to make it feel, like, it, it's either going to feel like it's earned, but for people like me, where I was like, this wasn't fucking earned, the payoff is going to come later, yeah. and it did. Can mm-hmm. we talk about that kid, though, at the, uh, yeah. the alphabet? signing competition oh my god <laughs> little just shit gives that no but the kid is so good because he gives He's that so good this fucking guy yeah ah oh, mvp <laughs> yeah fully having a battle with a child yeah <laughs> <laughs> nobody asked him again yeah and the other thing that stuck out to me too was the uh they have the uh hip-hop dancer and no matter how good of a performance it is if it's during school, yep. kids are going to fucking tune out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I yeah. thought that was such a, such a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. He's starting to have more fun. He's starting to seem like he's getting better. But the whole time he has been holding on to the idea that he can just get those implants eventually and be out of all this. Which we kind of forget until mm-hmm. he goes back to the RV. Like, I know, I know it's always in the back of our head, and of course we do that, but it's like, you're tricked into thinking that he has accepted his station in life. Yeah. Clearly he is not. The only thing that makes me think we're still clued into that, and we, we kind of skipped over this, but the um, the room with the, oh, with the pad, yeah. we see that he's not really progressing. Yes. I mean, he's he's sketching things out, but he's still doing like the scribbles. And But I saw that know. as more progress, though, because okay. they showed him they showed him the first time. And he's just freaking the fuck out. He's smashing the donut, putting yeah. it back together. Yeah, yeah, that one is, I remember seeing that be like, oh, this is, that was the depths 
of him of like that in my head that was his lowest point in a sense where it's just like just wanton carnage that no one can see but him and he's still gonna do it yeah it only hurts him he can't have that donut it's squished now yeah but and like, he made a mess he has to clean up yeah but then the second time we see him he's at least scribbling stuff in my mm-hmm. mind, it's a better sign of progress, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Because as we'll go on later on, there's an incredible payoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other like clue that I didn't notice the first time either was that he's smoking this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is smoking the whole time. I did also read the writing, drawing, whatever as progress. He's starting to settle in a little bit to the routine of it all. But yeah, he is continuing to smoke. And then I think a combo of two things happen. One is that uh, Paul Racy offers him kind of a more permanent position in this community, mm-hmm. which is probably like a little fire under the ass starting for him. Yeah. And then secondly, he logs on to online and sees a video <laughs> of his girlfriend performing without him, uh, which I think was the second fire under his ass that like, okay, I need to take action now because my girlfriend's moving on and I this isn't the life that I wanted to settle into. I need to do something. Mm-hmm. So that's when he goes back to the RV. There we go. Because Joe had given him an option. Joe had said, you can grow as a person here. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Can I just rag on Jacob for a second? Because yes. <laughs> he had his hand raised waiting to make Polite. Kayla can't see. I know. I can't see you. And literally, if you have something to say, um, say it to my face. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) No, but like totally interrupt me. (laughs) That's also just how I do hand gestures, even though we can't see. Totally right. Are you signing? Well, no. <laughs> I, my my natural state is like a T Rex, or like my arms are clenched inside and they're propped okay. up a little bit. Tiny <laughs> arms. Oh, you yes. know what? Me too. Yeah. It's a defense mechanism. Yeah, I'm ready to punch. You there know, you if go. needed. Yeah, he breaks in the RV. He only does rock and roll for like a second, and then decides to sell everything. Sells all the stuff from inside the RV, and then sells the actual RV. Mm-hmm. And makes a secret appointment with an audiologist so that he can work on getting that implant. I also wondered how long he's here because that little bleached hair uh, is really holding up and they don't, there's no real like signifier of the passage of time, but it feels like a mm. long time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he gets pretty fluid. So yes. I would imagine that, yeah, it's a while, but. But his hair doesn't grow. That's one of the more unbelievable aspects. Yeah, this is your version of like the conversation at the start of the movie of like, oh, you got to use toothpicks instead of walls. (laughs) Um, So he does go get the surgery and finds out he has to come back in four weeks for activation. I will say that uh, my first watch, I thought that the surgery was going to go wrong or something like like not wrong in the way that like his expectations were. Yeah. But that's just I think it's a little bit of conditioning. And also like that's Mm -hmm. where my hearing loss comes from. From. Yeah, it was a mistake in a surgery. So yeah. oh, no. I was just like thinking this whole time, like, oh, God, it's just going to, you know, I knew I knew it was going to be a Greek tragedy where it's like, I got what I wanted. And now and what? Still wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He comes back from the from the surgery 
and sits down with old Paul Racy. And here and- it is. Yeah. Here is the scene. <laughs> Tell him what happens. Joe doesn't confront him. Sits down and he's like, I got the surgery. I was like, I'm yeah. going to be able did to the hear. Deed, I, I did the deed. Says, yeah. yeah. Clicks in Joe's head and it clicks in my head where he says, I've seen this behavior before. This is the behavior of an addict. And I'm afraid that mm-hmm. you're doing this. And that's where then I say how before the emotional payoff of that montage was unwarranted and it's for a good reason is because it was unearned truly mm-hmm. from Riz because his character was just similar to doing the routine at the breakfast at the start. He's just yeah. trying to paper over his problems. Mm-hmm. And that was manifest with the surgery that he thinks is going to be the answer to his problems. And Joe, it breaks his heart that he has to cast him out because he has more than one person to look after. He has an entire community and he cannot sacrifice all of the progress that all of the people in that community have made for the sake of a selfish man. Yeah. And also in that um, in that conversation, he also asks Paul for, for the money, money for, to oh. buy back his RV, which is like whatever it was, $28,000 or some shit. Yeah. Um, so it's a big chunk of money that he's yeah. asking for. Huge chunk of money. He's so naive like he thinks that everything's gonna just turn out fine and that he's the one that figured it out but it's the opposite yes and he hasn't done the actual work because he's been relying on this like whatever hopeful he didn't even have to pay for the fucking to live there he's been relying on the generosity of the church Mm -hmm. i'm not religious be like doesn't matter they'll pay anyway doesn't yeah. matter who you are. We'll give you this free ride. That was kind of, I did uh, kind of appreciate that, though, because so many 12-step and recovery programs are so... Oh, so God-focused. Faith-based. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I, I kind of liked that the movie just kind of was like, you know what, we're not going to go. We're not going to go that route. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but I think it's because then it opens up this door where it's like, frankly, Riz is ungrateful for all of the work that was done for him. The church were basically like Riz rejected, that he's like, we're not religious, but they still wanted to help him. That makes his rejection of all of this help sting a little bit more. Because if someone, you know, he wanted this help, or if he wanted this organization to help him, that would feel different than opposed to someone who's just like, we want to help you because we want to help you. Obviously, the church has its own agendas. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're all familiar with the church. <laughs> uh, but for the sake of a yep. movie that is going to gloss over the fact that the cochlear implant doesn't achieve what you really want, we're also going to gloss over that fact for a second. I think it does a, a way to show Riz as... In, well, I keep saying the actor's name. No, <laughs> so I like, always do. Yeah, I know, <laughs> punishing it, poor He's got such a cute nickname, though, Ruby. Ruby, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Ruby. Yeah, Ruby is an ungrateful man who thought he figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it wasn't really about, it wasn't about the gratitude for him in that moment. It was more of a, um, I've seen this in other addict, you know, people with addiction before. I recognize Mm -hmm. the signs and just more of that, like, I don't want to do the harm to the community. Yeah. I'm not sure that Joe was hurt so much by the lack of gratitude as much. Oh, as the, of course not. You know, you mentioned like it's not earned. Well, it's maybe not earned on Ruben's side, but we do get evidence of all the other people caring for him a lot. Yes. And I think that's mm-hmm. where, you know, that's coming back here. Well, so. I'm saying it hurts Joe more than 
anyone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Paul Racy is just incredible in yes. this scene. I mean, the way oh, he yeah. just, his whimper at the yeah. end is just heartbreaking. Yeah. The heartbreak just on his face alone, yeah. like without even saying anything, you see his whole face. Like yeah. he gets new wrinkles in this scene. Yeah. I'm sure. Like, yeah. Ruben hasn't even figured out that he's going to hit his lowest point. He has not even hit it. Right. Because he thinks he's going to come out on top. He's so confident. I would say cocky instead of (laughs) confident. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then soon after that is when he does go to get the implants activated. I kind of also was like, he was kicked out of the house on that day. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. And we know there are four weeks in between here and there. I don't know exactly what he did for those four weeks. Yeah, we just get a shot of him in a motel. <laughs> yeah, I don't Once. think that's yeah. Yeah. But he has important. no money. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just interesting. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he gets implants activated and we hear what he, he hears again in this scene. And, you know, the sound is mechanical. It's fuzzy. It's not like what he remembers sound being. And that is the instant when he has to really sit with that his hearing is not going to become like how it was. There's no, there's really no going back when mm-hmm. he thought that there was. So that was pretty tough for him. I think from here on, now we have the opposite of what the beginning of the movie was, or the whatever, third, 30% of the way into the movie <laughs> when he joined the ranch. Um, because now he's trying to rejoin the hearing world and when he goes outside in the city, it's super overwhelming with all the sounds and his little implants and everything sounding the same volume. I mean, he goes back to Lou's dad's house where she's staying, and that night they're having a party. And it's the same thing. Like, there's just so much noise and conversation and, like, so much happening that with his new hearing devices, he can't understand anything anybody's saying, and he can't participate. Lou sings a song for the party and he can't hear her song he can't hear her sing he can't listen to music and that's when he's like really figuring out that now he doesn't belong in the hearing world anymore he doesn't fit in like how he used to and that that's really done for him yeah and there's a couple other (laughs) first of all that richard character he was so interesting to me like get so little of him but like what we do get is just like this like he's so self-assured about everything is richard the dad i I thought it was a step situation oh no i I read it as a dad and then i read it as real dad real dad separated okay yeah Yeah. i wasn't sure i wasn't sure because because lou only calls him richard so that's why but yeah but that's not yeah i guess that but they had a falling out he talks about their whole we get a a full exposition of him of like oh when her mom died and then she my daughter went away from me when we were separated and you know blah 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 so we get a whole exposition from him too about how him and her were never close just how like self-assured and everything he was even though Mm -hmm. he's actually in some ways like the worst character yeah so far (laughs) going back to how you saying of just like not enjoying becoming friends with strangers on a 24-hour basis on touring richard is a pro at that where it's like here's ruben who has been dating his daughter for four years and he's it's as if he's just meeting him yeah his character everything that happens with him in particular i think is probably my least favorite part of the movie Mm yeah um it feels I mean, more we just like didn't a post, need it. An epilogue, yeah. yes. Yeah, it was a little shoehorned. 
Um, not to use your name in a word. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> You're allowed. <laughs> I guess I could make a case for giving Lou a little more uh, backstory and kind of fleshing out yeah. a little bit more about why she. But but yeah, even then, I'm not. I don't know if it was necessary. Even then, I mean, we literally got. Like I said, him just sitting down and being like, when Lou was a baby and her and my, <laughs> me and my I wife think, split well, up. I, think I, I guess all... I was referring more to the context. Of, <laughs> right. And we I didn't think... know that Lou, um, you know, yeah. except for Ruben's little line to Joe about her dad having money. We didn't really know that she came from this like musician family. Yes. And, Th- and this know, should yeah. be what the focus, <laughs> like, this yeah. is how people should understand the movie. Um, <laughs> the, the, the reason for that last act, because frankly it was, it was a series of scenes, it was a final act of the movie. The mm-hmm. reason for it was to show Ruben's trying to re-enter the hearing world, and he's realizing that he cannot. And I think it adds a little bit more weight than if, you know, like, we could have ended the movie where it's like he's at the doctor's office, Ah, uh, the cochlear implants, like the hearing's kind of fucked up. And then he goes outside and he takes off the cochlear implants and he actually sits in stillness. That could have ended like that. But music is important to Ruben and people are important to Ruben, even though it doesn't seem like it. He was trying to paper over his problems by building that community, yeah. like being in a community with the hearing impaired. Also with Lou, the conversations from the start of like talking to people. And we saw he can no longer talk to people in this party because when there's so much noise, he cannot hear it. Hearing how he hears that piano and vocal duet at the end was incredibly yes. heartbreaking because he will never be able to perform music again and he will never be able to enjoy yes listening to music it's really interesting i think there's actually there's there's a lot going on even though this scene kind of did kind of feel it's muddy it's muddy yeah i was gonna say because we get a few really interesting details number one like lou tells him like even though we we kind of see the song is really beautiful she's like no that's my dad's song i don't give it this is not my song i don't want to sing it anyway Mm -hmm. you know which you know, I think you could take as like a that's more proof of what Ruben's lost because now she's you know she's and, taking it for granted, right? But is she really soul. taking it for granted mm. though? If it's really like this, she feels kind of oppressed by the way that her dad is making her. You know, she's yes. he's doing he's sprung it on her in this party. Yes. You know, I, I don't know that it's really all that ungrateful or whatever. Um, but then the other piece is that when Ruben first sees Lou, he comments on uh, she's not doing the scratching anymore. Yeah. But then as they spend a little more time together, she starts doing it again. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if part of his acceptance was him finally realizing our relationship is toxic. It's not yes. good for me yeah. to be around. And yes. if I if I can't be connected to Lou because it's harmful to her, then I need to find I need to figure out some other kind of piece because that was a deeper analysis than I saw. It, yeah, yeah it was great. like every every piece that he was holding on to, um, thinking that he was going to come up, come out on the other side of his deafness and have waiting for him, is like slowly melting away. Yeah, so like, yeah. yeah, the music is gone. Lou is going to be gone. Like everything that he thought was going to be on that other side, it's not there. So now we just kind of, the end of the movie is him kind of having to figure out that he needs to start from scratch and when all those like placeholders uh those spot fillers are like gone from his whatever spirit or i don't know his heart (laughs) Um, (laughs) then when he sits outside on that bench and he does take the implants off 
that is the first time where he does get that stillness, where he does yeah. see that, yeah. like, whatever, like, peace of God or whatever Paul Racy's character calls it, you know, in that still moment where he takes a breath and just sits with himself for the first time, not having those other things uh, taking up that space. Yeah, it's really interesting, too, because, like, he could have had that in that four weeks, yep. in that four weeks, you know, mm-hmm. um, he could have had that very easily, you know, but, uh, he but, still had that last. Yeah. Uh, he had, yeah. he had, he had, a, <laughs> he had hope. Right. And that was the problem because <laughs> he had not, he had not hit his lowest. Well, you and know, that's, I think the ending is beautiful and it's perfect because he was yeah. right before that scene. He is at his absolute lowest and that is his march upward. Yeah. Is that five mm-hmm. seconds before the ending of the movie? You achieve stillness. I'm ready to rebuild. Yeah, it's you know, and I get that. And part of me is a little bit rejects that a little bit because not not from like a the film. I get what they're doing, but it is such a it's kind of a, a myth about addiction generally that people do need to hit a rock bottom to be able to recover. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think what a lot of people see as a rock bottom is just a consequence. Sometimes it's in, it's not, you know, we're, we're putting meaning on something that doesn't necessarily have meaning in the grand context. It's just, it's just that was the reason or that was the, he just had crutches. Yeah. He was using these people as crutches or these things, people, whatever as crutches and as ways to, avoid dealing with what was really going on with him or examining himself. And then, and that moment, those crutches are pulled away. Like, I don't think you would call that necessarily a rock bottom. It's just like having the things you were leaning on taken away and having to figure out how to deal with that for the first time. There's nothing else to lean on. (laughs) His inability to control himself leads to the addiction, leads to hearing loss. And so... I know like that the clarity or whatever, it's like that doesn't uh, correspond with addiction of like, that's kind of like a paper over this sort of thing. But I think that the way that the final act was handled corresponds with controlling things in life and understanding that he can no longer control these things. He can no longer, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I frankly, I'll say it. He can no longer control Lou because I will not be with Lou. I was mm-hmm. do this me as Ruben. I was doing these routines with Lou <laughs> so that we would we would control our destiny together. I now realize yeah. that I can no longer do that. They definitely had a codependency for sure. Yes. Yeah. So after he sits on this bench, that's roll creds. And <laughs> in the creds is this beautiful song called mm-hmm. Green, which is co-written by the director and his brother and the director's brother, Abraham Martyr, does play the song also. Oh, cool. Um, that's in the credits. And it's a song about being deaf. Um, it's really beautiful song. They specifically wanted to treat the end credits less as an end and more as an additional scene in the film. Just a way for you to sit with Ruben for mm-hmm. another, whatever, five minutes and just have a moment with him. A final moment where we can join him in the final stage of surrender and recognize that we all go this road alone and in this way we are joined. So mm. that's what he said about it. Just uh, interesting and it was a beautiful song. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a cool choice. So yeah, that's Roll Creds. Yeah, <laughs> we got there. We made it to the damn end. We did it. <laughs> I just have one more little thing in my notes, which is that, and it's just kind of funny, this uh, metal website, The Pit, 
criticized the film's portrayal of metal music, oh. stating that it's the latest in a long line of Hollywood movies that uses metal as a lifestyle that serious characters grow out of. <laughs> oh, buddy. Wow. Oh, no. Oh, buddy. Oh, jeez. But it's nobody Kayla's else funny. took that away from No, me. no. But Kayla, this was a punk band, right? <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny. So. That was so, that's, it's, oh, it's very telling. Yeah. It's very telling. Oh, yeah. Little chip on someone's shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pissed off the metalheads there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are we going to rate this out of five? I'm actually going to uh, go onto my letterbox really quick because I want to honor the initial rating that I gave it. <laughs> okay. You don't want to um, lie. <laughs> well, I just feel like I didn't, on my second watch, my opinions didn't change. So okay. I wanted to see, yeah, so I gave it a four and a half, which is what I was also going to say. Yeah, I... Yeah. <sighs> Like I'll say a heavy four, okay? Because I like I'm not gonna go as high as four and a half, but it would be be in between there. But I'll honor the system and say four. I think I'm gonna go four and a half. Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take one. <laughs> I mean, I think this movie was really good. It's kind of explores some things in ways that we don't see them explored, and the sound. I mean, you can't. I can't get over the sound design in this film. I mean, it's never been done this way. And I think the way that they um, execute that, the way that you live with the character, made me think of deafness in different ways that I hadn't really Mm -hmm. considered, which I think is a really good goal to have when you're trying to explain the experience of a handicap or a disability to people who don't ever have to experience that. So I also just like as a... um... I don't want to say minor, but something we didn't touch on. It's not really about the content of the film, but this is a great example of how representation and casting mm-hmm. can be done well. You yes. know, like, yeah. it's just proof that it's not something you have to think about as you're watching the movie. If it's, you know, if it's just thought about as you're making it, it's, it doesn't change anything yeah. fundamentally about the movie, but it changes so much about how movies are made. Yeah, mm-hmm. the most unbelievable portions of the movie or where we were drawn out of the movie experience was not with these actors who were like, who were not bigger names or whatever. It was with these other ones where we're just like, that's not a hot conversation goes <laughs> in a van. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like really any complaints we had about the film were just like nitpicking dumb yes. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I think safe to say we would all recommend the film. Yeah. Oh, highly, yes. highly. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Now it's time for Screen Vomit. In this part of the pod, we just go off about whatever else we've been watching, movies, shows, whatever. So what you boys been watching? Uh, DuckTales. <laughs> yeah. Are you tricking or truthing? Is that coming I'm to truthing. an end too, right? What or was did, it? It, did it end already? I think it ended. It okay. ended. They only did three seasons of the new one. Way back oh, I didn't know there was a new one. Oh, yeah. It's stacked. David Tennant oh, yeah? as Scrooge McDuck. Ben Schwartz as Dewey. 
and then Bobby Moynihan as Louie. Wow. Yeah, I forget there's another, there's like some SNL guy who's Launchpad. And then like Paul F. Tompkins is just a a random, is is in for two episodes. That is what I'm saying of like the guest voice act. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just swoop in, do some voices for an hour, and hop out. Be a king, leave it. But like that's all to say of like, not only is the normal like cast incredible a-list talents but then also just their random cameos for like oh we're gonna have this guy on for one episode Uh, is very uh good it's very funny in an odd way it stream it it leans more into the comics than the previous animated show in the character portrayal and i which is incredible because like the original (laughs) one they're kind of one-dimensional like it's just like i'm scrooge mcduck i'm rich and i like being rich yeah that's not really what the crux of it is like there's a lot more it's great it's much more adventure filled than just pursuit of money filled Uh uh-huh it's a delight hell yeah (laughs) What else? Well, I mean, Jake and I are watching Loki, but uh, I haven't yeah. watched today's Loki, so we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. No Loki spoilers. We I got, don't want to be acted online. A couple of big Marvel stands over here. Oh, yeah. Huge. I'm not going the... to see Black Widow next weekend. Nice. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Florence Pugh. I mean, Midsummer yeah. is mm-hmm. like one of my favorite movies. And, uh, yeah. She was She's great cool. in uh, Fighting With My Family, too, which like mm-hmm. overall as a movie was just pretty Kinda, good, eh. but she was that, I thought Fighting With My yeah. Family was like, eh. Yeah, exactly. But she was really good in it, yeah. 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 She seems cool. I follow her on Instagram. Oh, cool. <laughs> she seems like she has a lot of fun all the time. Nice. <laughs> Someone on Instagram fun. seems like they're having fun all of the time? <laughs> well, okay, when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, she's like 25, married to like a 55-year-old oh, Zach Braff. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, I will say Zach Braff has been doing some fantastic <laughs> directing lately. What has he been yeah. directing? Uh, so one of my Scream Vomit After Dark picks is uh, Mythic Quest on, unfortunately, Apple TV+. Wait, is that, Plus. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was about to ask if it was on that. That's some <laughs> uh, with yeah. the guys from uh, It's Always Sunny did that? So, uh, yeah, it's created by Charlie Day and Rob McElhenney, Ooh. but Rob is the only one from always sunny who's actually in the cast um but it's you know it's uh two seasons right now it's just uh it's kind of like silicon valley if that show had a heart at all (laughs) okay uh, yeah i've heard of the show and it's been on my list it it seemed really interesting it's quite good it takes a little bit but you know it's just a really solid workplace comedy uh, mm-hmm. along with Ted Lasso, which was very, mm. uh, very similar. Um, but Callie and I got our AMC subscription renewed, so we have I got been mine too. Dipping t- <laughs> yes, dipping <laughs> yeah. our toes back into the water. Um, and the the one film that really surprised me recently was uh, Dream Horse, Wait, which is uh, <laughs> okay. It's it's with uh, Tony Collette, and it's it's based on a true story about this. Uh, no, backwater no, Welsh. No. I, just hear me out. I Please saw the trailer out. and I hated I know, this. Jacob, I know, oh. I know. Oh, no. It's about this backwater Welsh town that like goes all in together and buys a racehorse that ends up doing, you know, spoilers, but ends up doing pretty well. And I typically hate horse movies first of all i find them like horribly exploitative i hate horse racing but this movie was so fucking cute and i laugh my ass off and it's tony collette so yeah i highly recommend dream horse (laughs) interesting 
and it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was it was okay. very very funny. It's a, the horses it's a, talk or no? <laughs> no, no talking horses, no okay. talking horses. But uh, it's like babe. it's also like a it's just a who's who of like um, horses. Welsh actors. Yes, Welsh and British actors who are just like do at their most charming, which it's hard to not like. Okay, interesting. So yeah, Dream Horse. (laughs) What else out of you two? Well, we gotta we gotta do a double plug because it sounds like you haven't seen it yet. Is a couple years old now, but Halt and Catch Fire. Oh my god! Yes. Uh, Yeah. This is a show, right? Yeah, yeah. Four seasons. It was on AMC. think it's on netflix if not it's on hulu it's, it's it used to be on netflix yeah yeah i think it moved to hulu uh but just like why can't what? i think of his name he's phenomenal he's well both of them both of, uh well lee pace is like lee, the, yeah, pace. lee pace is the big lead um and, oh mackenzie uh, davis mackenzie yes. davis is the other big lead yeah and then okay. uh, scoot oh scooter mcgavin it's just like one of oh, the best. Anna Chlumsky. I'm just looking at the cast. <laughs> oh, I don't remember her. She must have been a kind you of might, a star. It, it's on, like a I'm looking role. at this on okay, uh, yeah. Google. So Got it. Yeah, could yeah, be yeah. any number of episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but just like one of the best character dramas. Matthew Lillard. Ever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just like the plot is so secondary oh, to yes. just the incredible job they do with the relationships between the characters. And it's just heartbreaking. I yep. mean, like... Just the, some of the best payoffs. And, there's sex. It's looking like there's sex in this. Oh, show. there oh, is some so, sex. Oh, is there sex? There's all kinds of sex. No, it's this. it's not. It was a. It wasn't like a like a uh, graphic. It'd be too mature. But for there, me. a lot oh of the God. characters definitely bone. <laughs> yep, a lot of boinking. <laughs> yeah. a lot of boinking. A lot of boinking. Y'all would no. watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to, to steer it away from that, it's about invent. It's about inventing computers in Texas in the '60s. Or 70s? Well, okay, 70s and 80s. 70s and 80s. Yeah. So I you think know, it's not about fire. It finishes in the 90s. I yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. So that's also a great thing, too. It's four seasons and it spans two decades. Interesting. I feel like it's a required watching for elder millennials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody who grew up uh, with, grew up. Uh, parallel to the internet, I feel like it's it's paralyzed it's, by the internet. Yeah. Oh my god, that that's a new podcast right there. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay, um, anything else? Quiet Place Part Two was also fantastic. Um, you think it so? was it was the same movie, but that's all <laughs> yeah. I wanted out of it. All I wanted out. Of it. I was so like the way they had the trailer because the trailer had been out, you know, mm-hmm. for two yeah. years or whatever the fuck. <laughs> the trailer made it seem like we were going to get more of the establishing of what happened, how they ended up in oh, in so the titular quiet though. place. Yeah, and uh, no, they're, no, they're really. I just <laughs> the, the one scene that's in the trailer suspense. is the yeah. one scene in the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and then we're just back to the normal world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but The Conjuring 3, don't see. Oh, God. I haven't seen any of The Conjuring. Okay. The first two are, are pretty solid, fun, like poltergeist-esque horror movies, but the third one was a pile of garbage. I he- I've heard the first two were okay, but I just, I don't know if that type of horror is my type. Fair. I've, I've also just not seen it, so like, mm. who knows what I don't know, you know, yeah. but I don't go see a lot of like blockbuster horror movies. 
Oh, we yeah. see pretty much every everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so even though I don't like horror, here we go. Maybe Kayla. Uh, I finished watching all of Castlevania, and that is a weird thing that I did not expect myself to say. Oh yeah. Yes. Not really. I've I've seen very little anime. Do, do not like the game Castlevania, and do not like horror. And boy, is it gory and bloody. It got you. It got me. It got wow, me very interesting. good. Okay, cool. Um, okay, is it my turn? I feel like y'all yes, are like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> feel free to cut no. as much of that as you want. Yeah, I've been going you for like You can say as many as you want, but I feel like you're watching. Peter. Mine are all like, mine's all freak shit. So unfortunately, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to have to isolate the entire audience by saying the shit that I've watched. Besides, <laughs> there is one mainstream, and I'll get to that one last. Um, so starting off the freak shit, I'm going to start with some shorts. Okay, I know people are shorts averse, but I am a shorts freak. Um, recently bought ticks to the Chattanooga Film Fest, virtual film fest, Ooh. and watched a million shorts. But there were two standouts. One is a short called Stuck by David Michelson. Um, I had previously watched another short of his called Stay that was really good. So I was, I bought the ticket to the fest to see Stuck. <laughs> Hell so yeah. uh, I just really wanted to see that short and didn't disappoint. It was incredible. Really, really good short. I don't think it's like up anywhere for anybody else to watch, but add it to your watch list and watch it when it does come out, which I think will be later this year or if you catch it at another fest or whatever, if you're a freak who... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that one was really good. There was another one called Flick that was really good. Um, that's about a guy who gets, uh, <laughs> he's picking his nose and the he has a booger that won't flick away. <laughs> and it is a horror short. So. Uh, sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> Actually, they're both horror shorts. Stuck, I don't want to spoil Stuck, so I won't tell you what it's about, but it's just really fucking good. And David Michelson's a really fucking good director he's cool okay third short i watched this short called men don't whisper which is written by charles rogers and jordan firstman um directed by jordan firstman charles rogers you may know he's one of the co-creators of search party Mm -hmm. jordan firstman is comedian actor director i don't know he's cool too it's a queer short it's pretty funny it's pretty good uh it's called men don't whisper (laughs) and that one you can find online i know for sure I watched it on Vimeo. Um, okay, next I watched this movie, Oh Phantasma, which is directed by Joao Pedro Rodriguez, who directed The Ornithologist that we covered on Pod. Mm. But I love the movie The Ornithologist, and Oh Phantasma was his first movie, uh, and I had never watched it previously, but it was also really good and really queer. And the mm. opening of it is very horny, I will say. <laughs> it's a little horny, but it does have a tone shift after a while and then goes crazy and is he's like the king of being super horny but making it art so (laughs) uh it becomes insane (laughs) when a man has to go on the lamb in a gimp suit so (laughs) Uh. yeah so anyway oh phantasma that was really good okay last one this will get me back fast nine i watched Okay. Fast and the Furious Nine. <laughs> it was incredible. It was really good. Uh, it starts. Slow, Who directed once... this indie short? Because <laughs> <laughs> I also reinvested my AMC Stubbs Gold membership, nice. whatever you call this, <laughs> yes. and yeah, I went and saw Fast Nine and IMAX, baby. And uh, once it goes, it fucking goes 
crazy. Are and... you like a fast uh, devotee, or is this your am first... I a fast head? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I would say I'm not a full fast head. I've seen, I haven't even seen the full franchise, okay. but I do really enjoy the ones that I have seen. I love going. I can't like. I, I think sometimes people get caught up in that like there are so many and like I haven't seen them all and blah 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 you don't need to see any of them you yeah. can go mm-hmm. just go and see Fast 9 and you'll be fine like there is stuff that continues throughout the series but like it's really like not that much it's not that important and most of it you can get from context clues yeah. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just fun as fuck the whole time so yeah, um, I feel the same way about the John Wick series. So I have sure. a feeling that as soon as I start watching any of the fests, I'll enjoy them. I just haven't done it yet. I oh, don't yeah. think you have to start from the beginning or no. anything. Yeah. I w- uh, a buddy of mine invited me to watch Hobbs and Shaw, and I asked him, yeah. do I need to have seen any of the other ones? And he just laughed in my face. No. Uh, <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> it was Hobbs a delight. Hobbs and Shaw, though, probably my least favorite of the ones that I have seen. Interesting. So if you thought that that was great, then you I didn't love. say great. It was like, <laughs> it's dumb, it's dumb box office. I think, I, I think yeah. we saw Hobbs and Shaw, too. I don't really remember. <laughs> oh, of course not. Of I've course definitely not. seen now, I've seen 7, 8, 9, and Hobbs and Shaw all in theaters, for sure. I mean, the first one came out in, like, the year 2000. Yeah. And, you know, probably saw it on TV. And I've missed a bunch in the middle, and I've seen some random ones. I don't really remember. I know that I've seen five, and I don't remember what other ones I've even seen. So, uh, but seven, eight, and nine, incredible. And they just keep like getting better and better. <laughs> and uh, nine fucking was so crazy. It's got John Cena in it. Um, <laughs> uh, they literally popped off with that one. So <laughs> we were screaming in the theater. So yeah, Fast Nine was sick. <laughs> nice. Okay, now I'll quit. I'll quit my freak corner. And <laughs> that's all for me. So if we have no more after dark, we can move on to plugs. What do y'all have to plug? Tell people where they can find y'all, your musics, etc. Are we going to coordinate this since we're, we have to say it in tandem? <laughs> you should have written a script. Why don't you talk about the horn trio? trio. I'll, I'll talk, talk about, about the solutions. solutions. <laughs> you so, know what? That's the best you're going to get. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah. That was pretty good. That's about it. <laughs> Horn Trio's recording. I don't know. You can find us on Spotify and Bandcamp like every other band. You know what? I do want to plug, serious plug, Worry Records. Ooh, yeah. Who uh, has been extremely kind to us. Um, it's run by Joram and Jocelyn, our very good friends. Joram is part of the Solutions. Mm. Um, and they have just been such a great, you know, upstart tape label, mostly here in Chicago. They yeah. put out uh, My Other Band, Pocketed. They put and- out Horn Trio. They put out every, like, novelty solution stuff of, like, reprints of previous recordings that had not been issued in a while. Yeah, they just do their absolute delight. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's the plug. And Devin Gate, are y'all playing Fest or something? Don't you We're have doing, gigs? Yeah, yeah, Riot Fest and, and then Fest. fest. Yes. <laughs> We're dropping the riot. (laughs) Yeah. And straight lace. (laughs) Hell yeah. So check the boys out round town if you're around the parts. And that's all for y'all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's too theater. early to do theater stuff. I'm not in weird theater <laughs> groups anymore. Will you be? Who knows? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, Jacob. Jacob's done some fantastic productions. Mm-hmm. Mr. Thank Horn's you. Neighborhood. TVT. So that's all for their plugs. For my plugs, you can find the show on Instagram at Screen Vomit. One word on that and everywhere else subscribe if you haven't already leave us a rating and review please you can send me an email at screenvomitpod at gmail.com with your thoughts on this movie or other movies or suggest a movie i don't know what we're doing next week but you can find out on instagram because i'll post it there so thanks everybody for listening thanks to my damn guests for joining me thank you thanks for having us hell yeah and I'll see everybody else next week. Bye-bye. Real fart knocker.